the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Oh, say can you see. Yeah, it was only a matter of time before uh, liberals started calling for the end of singing or playing the national anthem before sporting events. And today it's uh, somebody named Nancy Armour of USA Today who says we need to stop um, the... Uh, and this was inevitable after the Colin Kaepernick stuff, which she mentions in this piece. Uh, the, the headline of the piece in the USA Today was Things We'd Change in Sports. And apparently she's written, written um, a series of uh, columns about what we would change in sports. I haven't gotten – there's 11 of them. I think this is number 11. I'll, if I get some time – in the next 15, 20 years, I will uh, try to read the first 10. But uh, the, the headline is, uh, Things We'd Change in Sports. It's time to stop playing national anthem at sporting events. Now, she writes, uh, Imagine going to a movie and being asked to stand for the national anthem when the, previ- when the preview's finished. Being at a concert and the opening act not taking the stage until after the uh, notes of the star-spangled banner have faded. Trying to corral at an arcade birthday party, uh, kids at an arcade birthday party while the anthem plays. It would be absurd. So, too, is the playing of the national anthem before sporting events, and it's time we stopped. Of course, it's not the same when you go to a movie, because... When you go to a movie, you don't know. I mean, when you go to a sporting event, uh, if you go to a Steeler game, if you go to a Pirates game, go to a Penguins game, uh, and we're talking about Pittsburgh now, but, if, you know, a pit football game, uh, more so with the pro sports, you have a pretty good idea that everybody is there for a single purpose. At least 90% of the people are there because they are in unison. They are unified in their um, interest in seeing the Steelers win. So you have a group of people who are already uh, kind of um, forgetting about whatever differences they have, uh, race, uh, income. All those things are supposed to kind of go out the window. That's part of the beauty of of sports and having a a team that represents your city is that everybody from the city can come there and everybody can cheer for the team to win and and, uh, they won't worry about whether they have political differences with the person sitting next to them. Everybody's there for one purpose. So that's why the national anthem kind of fits into that um, that theme and fits into that atmosphere. So it's a completely and totally different thing and ridiculous to compare it to having the national anthem played before a movie theater, uh, before a movie in a theater. And, and by the way, <clears throat> just to make it simple, it's a... Um, uh, it's a tradition. It's an American tradition started back in World War One, I, I believe, uh, and it's nice and it doesn't bother anybody and just, you know, stand up and shut up and, and, and sing. But uh, so it's not the same. So that's a that's a ridiculous uh, and per- perfectly and 100 percent predictable, predictable um, thing for someone to say and compare it to. But it's really stupid. But uh, it will take a lot, she says here, it'll take a lot more than a song to bridge this country's great divide. That couldn't be more true, but that's not the point of of the song. The song being played before the game, uh, or sung, is that you are completely, if you're smart and you have have, uh, the intelligence of something, uh, I don't know, more than a turnip, uh, you understand that um, it's not the, the whole point of the uh, of the exercise is to say we know we are not we don't agree on everything we know there are big uh, major divides in the country culturally racially religiously politically whatever you want to say but this is a time when we're going to forget about that for two stinking minutes and stand up and listen to a song being played about the country and recognize that the country is uh, a great country, um, not perfect, but a great country that is um, 
that that we're glad we live in, and, that, and we're not saying that it, we couldn't uh, suggest some things to fix it, and we're not saying that we all agree on the things that it would take to fix it, but one thing we agree on, it's a pretty good country, we're glad we live here, and that's why we're playing the song, so again, stand up and shut up. Two stinking minutes, that's all. Uh, so th- that's that's... You know, to to compare it or to say that it's like expecting people to sing uh, the national anthem before the beginning of a movie, that's just unbelievably stupid. But, uh, you know, as I said, predictable. Now, she says, playing the national anthem before football, baseball, basketball, hockey, and soccer games has become a lazy excuse for patriotism. Actually, uh, it, it, it is, it, it's not an excuse for anything. Colin Kaepernick and other athletes began protesting during the anthem to draw attention to the racism and economic disparity uh, and endemic in our society. Actually, uh, he it was it was he was drawing attention to what he perceives to be uh, racial um, uh, inequality and economic disparity. And by the way, there is economic disparity. And uh, the national anthem has nothing to do with it, but nobody, again, said the country is perfect. But um, So you shut up for two minutes and sing the song, and don't worry about the economic disparity for the two minutes it takes. Uh, and then she writes, uh, I've long griped about the singers who, and this is one I agree with her with, uh, who sing the, the anthem as if it's an audition for American Idol, uh, drawing out words for dramatic. There's nothing worse than the people who beat the hell out of the song and ruin it by dragging out, dragging it out, <clears throat> going on uh, vocal runs as though they are. Uh, she has that's a good comparison. Auditioning for American Idol and overdoing it. Just again, shut up, sing the song, get off, and it's a good enough song that you know that's all you need to do. So, um, and then she writes, uh, "Where do we begin with the Kansas City Chiefs fans who rewrite Home of the Brave with a loud ho- shout of Chiefs instead of Brave?" When it comes to that point in the song, that's stupid. That should stop. And the the Kansas City Chiefs should stop playing the song until people stop doing that. That's what I think about that. I'm probably in the minority, but she's right about that. That, That's stupid. Um, They shouldn't be doing that. And if the national anthem means so much to us, she writes, uh, if we are also profoundly or proudly patriotic, we'd have long ago included it as part of other civic and social activities. No, we wouldn't have. Because it started at a, as a ball game because that's a place where, you know, f- huge, gigantic crowds of people go. And again, they, they, they gather there as a unified group to show their support for the team that they like. And they come there with the eye. Again, there's, you know, there's always some visitors there. But nowadays that you get beat up if you wear the wrong jersey. So it's even more of an indication of how unified people are. Because if you show up at a Flyers game with a Penguins jersey, they beat you to death. So it, it's there are there at least pursuing the same thing or uh, rooting for the same thing the success of the team so it's it makes it makes it fits to to play the national anthem there because there are people there gathered there with a common purpose and that's the point of the song and and playing the song is to stand up and say here we are again for two minutes two and a half minutes and we are going to forget about all the differences that uh, this woman writes about what's her name I should mention it again Nancy Armour what's her, what's her name here um, her name is uh, Nancy Armour uh, that she writes about she so so. She, you know that she is right about that about the overdoing the song, but you know uh, people need to stop that and and the people who do it with class. Jeff Jimerson does it every night before almost every before every Penguins game. He just does a really good job of singing the song. No no vocal gyrations, um, and and she says also if the national anthem. Uh, means so much to us if we are also proudly patriotic we'd have long ago uh, indicate included it as part of other civic and social activities or at least demand that it be shown as part of the broadcasts of our sporting events again unbelievably stupid statement because again the, the whole point this started back in 1918 when there was no radio uh, broadcast of the game there was no televised uh, uh, tele telecast of the game and it's about the people who are there. Not everything that's done at a game has to be catered toward the people who are watching on TV. It's for the people who are there. They don't have anything else to do. When they say, let's stop and, sit and uh, uh, 
be quiet for two minutes, stand for the national anthem. That's all there is to do there. There's nothing else going on except the singing of the song. And so it has nothing. It's, it's an idiotic comparison to bring up or, or a suggestion to say that uh, it should be done uh, on television also. And then she says, um, it's easier to sing. Oh, she says, um, if we truly want to honor those who who serve and instill pride in our country, then how about ensuring our veterans have adequate health care? Well, how about this? How about both? Can you, I mean, is it like, does, does singing the song cancel out the possibility of taking care of the veterans? Does one has absolutely nothing to do with the other. And she's 100% right that they need to do a better job of taking care of the veterans, and they should get everything they want as far as I'm concerned. Um, but it, it, to think that you can, ha- you can have one but you can't have the other is also idiotic. It's stupid. And then she says, it's easier just to sing a song, I know, but that's not patriotism, and we should stop pretending it is. Uh, I disagree. I think they should keep playing the song. And uh, as a matter of fact, uh, here's maybe the best rendition of it ever to take us to the break. Are you about to pay double for roof replacement or repair? If you haven't called Windows or Us, you just might. Many companies are overcharging area homes and businesses nearly double. With over 50 years in home remodeling, Windows R Us is more than a window company. They're the area's premier exterior replacement company for siding, doors, gutters, downspouts, and roof replacement and repair. Factory certified by North America's largest roof manufacturer, Windows R Us will never overcharge. You'll love their no-pressure sales approach, straightforward pricing, and the fastest turnaround in the business. Right now, get zero interest for 12 months on up to $20,000. Windows R Us will match any competitor's price. No hidden fees or surprises ever. Schedule a free roof inspection today. Mention AM 1250 for an exclusive 10% off. Why pay double? Visit the area's premier exterior replacement company. Windows R Us, more than a window company. Visit windowsruspittsburgh.com. G'day, I'm Scott from Plug-In Pest Free. I want to personally thank all my Plug-In Pest Free customers who have taken the time out to call, write, and who have left messages to thank me for ridding their homes and businesses of unwanted rodent and pest problems. So from me to you, I thank you. Plug-In Pest Free is the only scientifically tested and, more importantly, consumer-proven electromagnetic pest management system since 1995. Why put up with those annoying rodents and pests any longer? 
Plug-in Pest Free is 100% chemical free, making it your safest bet to manage your rodent and pest problems around your family and pets. With a 60-day money-back guarantee, you have nothing to lose. So order yours today at gopestfree.com. Use promo code SAVE20 for 20% off and free shipping. That's gopestfree.com, promo code SAVE20. Don't spray and regret, plug in and forget. Gopestfree.com today. Few moments bring you joy like going to the mailbox after you've done your taxes. Pulling it open, reaching in, discarding the junk mail, and then pulling out that item you've been waiting so... What? Someone already filed for my return? It sounds like a horror story, but it's a reality. Cyber criminals can use your personal information to get a tax refund in your name, or even commit other forms of ID theft. Good thing there's LifeLock with Norton. LifeLock's dedicated identity restoration specialists will work to fix your identity issues. And we've added more protection with Norton Security to help block thieves from stealing information on your devices. No one can prevent all identity theft or cybercrime or monitor all transactions at all businesses. But join today and get 10% off your first year. And then enjoy peace of mind all year long. Head to LifeLock.com or call 1-800-LIFELOCK and enter promo code TITTLE. That's promo code TITTLE for 10% off your first year. LifeLock with Norton. The way you get your medicine prescriptions is now changing across America. GoGoMeds.com can deliver your medicine right to your door. Here's all you need to do. Your doctor gives you the prescription. You go online to GoGoMeds.com, put in your information, and make sure to include the promo code MIKE2018 to save $10 off your first prescription. Your meds are then delivered to your home, and you've saved money. It's that easy. No more waiting, no lines, no copay each month, and best of all, no wandering around the store aimlessly waiting for your prescription to be filled. GoGoMeds.com, the new way to get your medicine delivered right to your door. Remember that getting your prescription filled now means never having to go to a store again. GoGoMeds.com, GoGoMeds.com. Use the promo code MIKE2018 to save $10 off your first prescription. That's GoGoMeds.com, promo code MIKE2018. Warning, listening to this program may expose you to toxic masculinity. The John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250, The Answer. Well, I'm on, we're, we're feeding this uh, radio program that's coming out live on Twitter right now, at Steigerwald, by the way. And I've decided, since it is, and since I'm talking about Beto O'Rourke, that I'm going to use my hands to gesture for every syllable of every word that I say. Actually, I'm not going to do that. I couldn't. I don't know how anybody can. He uh, he cannot say he cannot say a word. You have to just. It's it's really what's nice about it is it's really easy. All you got to do is go to YouTube and search Beto O'Rourke uh, giving a speech anywhere. Just if you do Beto O'Rourke goes to Iowa, which is where he went yesterday. Yesterday. Um, and just watch him. You don't even put the audio up. Just watch him. The hand gesturing is just beyond belief. It was a Jimmy Fallon last night that uh, that yeah he, he went he they're already they already got him. He's a gift to Saturday Night Live. Uh, somebody's going to make a career out of his hand gestures. So um, and and Donald Trump talked about it yesterday. We'll get that in a minute. But uh, but there's more than that. This guy, the, the media are just slobbering over this guy. They're comparing him to JFK and Barack Obama, and he's a the, the, the spiritual leader, and he looks like an empty suit to me. He doesn't even wear a suit, but he still looks empty. Um, and and all I get out of him is the hand gestures. But so yesterday, uh, I think we we went we went to a college campus. We were on college campus and asked people for uh, um, accomplishments by Beto O'Rourke. And the only the only thing that uh, specific that a student at Texas A and M could come up with was his DUI, which I don't know if that qualifies as an accomplishment. But uh, so nobody could come up with anything. So Ed Henry on Fox last night, he had the chairman of the Democratic, uh, the Texas Democrat Party. Now, of course, Beto was a congressman from uh, Texas, and he tried to get out of him uh, some, you know, one, not some, <laughs> I think he tried to get one accomplishment that Beto uh, could uh, uh, brag about, and he had a little trouble with that. I think what Beto O'Rourke has done, uh, particularly in this last senatorial campaign that he um, ran in 2018 is, I think, show uh, the people of Texas and now the people of America 
what it means to be a, a, an honest politician, an, an honest person who's going to talk about the things that are important to uh, uh, families all across this country. Uh, you don't always see that with politicians. This guy's going to tell it like it is. He's sure. going to be... Um, but, sir, Nancy Pelosi... Issues. Pardon me, but Nancy Pelosi was asked today about his biggest accomplishment, and she couldn't really name one, even though he served in the House for a brief time, yeah. admittedly. But you're telling me he's an honest yeah. politician. That's his biggest accomplishment yeah. in life? Well, he, he, the, the entire time that he served in the, in the United States House of Representatives, the Republicans controlled the House of Representatives. Sure. They wouldn't allow anything to pass that was sponsored by a Democrat. So the fact that he wasn't able to get major Okay, so name something else. I'm not even pinning it on Congress. I asked you his biggest accomplishment. Yeah. So what, did he, well, what has what he done in life? that's what you were asking me about, you know. Okay, well, let me broaden it well, out he, and be fair. He's been a United States congressman. Okay. He, was, he was a city council member. So he's what did he get done? To, to uh, people out... He would. He got a lot done. He Such talked as? about the issues that were important to the people of the state of Texas. It's, he got as much c- could be done as you can do in a right-wing Republican Congress that we had for the last you know, eight years here in, in sure. the okay, United States. Sure, okay, I get states. your politics about right-wing what did they do? But, but try to What did they do but try to eliminate Obamacare about... 80 times uh, during the time that they were sure. in control of okay, Congress. Okay, I want to move on to other topics, but one done. last they, time, sir. No one could me. get done any... Sir, right, but pardon sure. me. But did he create a job somewhere? Did he create a product? Is he... No. What has he accomplished? I'm just... It's an honest question. He, he, I'm just... You're asking me about what he did. What he did was all he could do with the Congress that your people uh, controlled It's not my years. people, number one. But secondly, I'm not even talking... I'm not talking about Congress. All sorts of problems what has he gotten done in his life, sir? Well, has he created a job? How, how can he... How could he get anything done... How could he get anything done in a Congress that would not, I'm not allow talking anybody, about including what has he himself, in his to life? do anything? So, okay. Well, you know, okay. your question is, is meaningless under the circumstances, okay. sir. Just looking for an accomplishment. Ask a question that's relevant. Well, I think he's got a lot of hand movement. I've never seen so much hand movement. I said, is he crazy or is that just the way he acts? So uh, I've never seen hand movement. I watched him a little while this morning doing, I assume it was some kind of a news conference. Uh, and I've actually never seen anything quite like it. Study it. I'm sure you'll agree. <laughs> I just love that. Uh, how much time I have, Aaron? I got time for this. Uh... Okay, I want you to hear uh, uh, Bernie Sanders. This is his favorite theme: uh, income inequality. As a nation, are we satisfied with the reality that today the top one tenth of one percent—not one percent, one tenth of one percent owns almost as much wealth as the bottom 90%. Are we satisfied that in the last four decades there has been a massive shift of wealth from the middle class to the top 1%? Are we satisfied? And nobody talks about this. You have to talk about it. Are we satisfied that in America today... Nah, I don't want to talk three, about it. Nah, one, no two, thanks. Uh, no, yeah, sorry, Bernie. Get out of here. So here's, here's Walter Williams, uh, who's my favorite economist. Uh, this is what he says about income inequality, who, people who complain about it. These people would have an argument if there were piles of money on the ground called income with billionaires and millionaires surreptitiously getting to those piles first and taking their unfair shares. In that case, corrective public policy would require a redistribution of the income, uh, wherein the ill-gotten gains of the few would be taken and returned to their rightful owners. And he gives an example of uh, cutting uh, somebody's lawn. He says, you go to the grocery store. He said, I mow your lawn. You pay me $40. Then I go to the grocer and demand two six-packs of beer and three pounds of steak. The grocer says, William, you are asking your fellow man to serve you by giving you a beer and a steak? What did you do to serve your fellow man? My response is, I mowed his lawn. The grocer says, prove it. That's when I produce the $40. We can, we can think of, say, that the two $20 bills as certificates of performance, proof that I served my fellow man. A system that requires that one serve his fellow man to have a claim on what he produces is far more moral than a system without such a requirement. Somebody... Tell that to Bernie Sanders and and uh, Walter Williams once again, one of the smartest men in America, and uh, that should be the argument every time any of these idiots bring up income inequality. We'll be right back. With SRN News, I'm Keith Peters in Washington. President Trump has issued his first veto overruling Congress to protect his emergency 
for border wall funding. Today I am vetoing this resolution. President Trump was joined in the Oval Office by members of his cabinet and law enforcement officials where he argued that the situation at the southern border is a crisis. It is definitely a national emergency. He described the congressional resolution to block his declaration as reckless and thanked the courageous Republicans who supported him. Even though Congress passed the resolution, it does not have enough votes to override the presidential veto. Greg Clugston, the White House. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi announced March 26th that the day the House will attempt to override President Trump's veto. The American Civil Liberties Union claims his veto is meaningless. On Wall Street, the Dow by 139 points. This is SRN News. When it comes to your pain, many of you might be skeptical, like I was, about ordering Relief Factor. Pat Boone again for this wonderful 100% drug-free supplement designed to help your own body lower or eliminate occasional aches and pains due to aging, exercise, everyday living. I'm not skeptical any longer. The three-week quick start is now discounted to only $19.95. Why don't you let us see if we can get you out of pain, too, at relieffactor.com. This is what flow from Progressive sounds like in one of our many hilarious commercials. And basic motorcycle policies start at just $75 a year. I know, right? Do you think I say I know right too often? I do. I know, right? I have to stop, don't I? I know, And this is what that same commercial sounds like on your motorcycle. Yeah, even our commercials are better on a bike. Progressive keeps you on yours. Get a quote in as little as three minutes at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates annual premium for basic liability policy not available in all states. Let's face it, we love Alexa, and we love to let her find your favorite radio station. This one, of course. We love it, too, when she finds us. But she could find us easier if we taught her a simple skill. To get started, simply say, Alexa, enable the answer Pittsburgh skill. After she confirms, you can then say, Alexa, play the answer Pittsburgh. That's all you have to do, and Alexa will learn how to find us. You can listen to us through your Amazon Echo, Echo Show, Echo Dot, and Amazon Tap devices. Alexa, what is your favorite radio station? That's easy. AM 1250, the answer. You're an insurance agent. You're also an entrepreneur looking to grow. And what better way to grow than by being your own boss? Owning your own Farmers Insurance Agency has been called one of the best small business opportunities in America. With a nationally respected brand, award-winning training, and your personal experience business coach, your opportunity to grow is unlimited. No franchise fees required. Visit BeAFarmersAgent.com and start growing. We are farmers. It's only March, and liberals have done nothing this year but, well, create chaos. Andrew Cuomo in New York, Ocasio-Cortez driving Amazon out of New York, Kamala Harris, they're all out pursuing their liberal agenda. Major corporations where you shop every day are using their buying power to steer America towards a socialist economy. If your cell is with AT&T or Verizon, your money is supporting liberal candidates. The ACLU, you need OUS, Planned Parenthood, you can support your values by switching to Patriot Mobile. Patriot Mobile offers the same reliable nationwide coverage you already have, plus they've taken a portion of their proceeds and support conservative organizations like the Heritage Foundation, the Susan B. Anthony List, and PragerU. Patriot Mobile has unlimited talk and text plans as low as $20 a month. It's easy to switch. Call 1-800-PATRIOT and mention Hugh, or visit patriotmobile.com forward slash Hugh, and they'll waive up to two activation fees. That's right, two activation fees. Join me and thousands of Americans. Switch today. Does your dog itch, scratch, stink, or shed like crazy? Come to Dynavite for help. Order a 90-day supply of Dynavite. Dynavite is nutrition. Pick up two bottles of Lico Chops. Get the third bottle free. New improved Lico Chops. With omega-3, omega-6, vitamin E. And now, six extra direct-fed microbials. Even better for the digestive tract and immune system. Try LicoChops. Buy two, get one free. At Dynavite.com. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Stuck in traffic? We've got the answer. See quite a bit of volume all over the roadways this Friday afternoon, but especially heavy inbound Parkway West 79 to the Fort Pitt Tunnel. Outbound slows down Banksville Road to Carnegie, and we're tied up on the outbound Parkway East Boulevard of the Allies to Edgewood Swissvale. Inbound slow from Britain Road overpass to the Squirrel Hill Tunnel, and busy from 2nd Avenue to the Fort Pitt Bridge. And we're seeing also an accident. This is on East Carson Street, 837 near 33rd Street. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson. AM 1250, the answer, weather. 
This afternoon will feature some sun giving way to clouds. It'll be windy and it will turn cooler to high 57 early. And temperature will fall into the 40s late. Cloudy, windy, and colder tonight with a shower in spots early. Perhaps a snow shower late, low 32. Tomorrow, a couple of morning flurries. Otherwise, mostly cloudy, breezy, cold, high 40. For Sunday, intervals of clouds and sun to high again near 40. I'm meteorologist Joe Lundberg on AM 1250, The Answer. The John Steigerwall Show, AM 1250, The Answer. Well, how to handle kids who get out of line in school has always been a hot topic. Uh, when I went to school way back in the uh, the middle of the 20th century, there actually wasn't a, a lot of discussion, come to think of it. Um, in grade school, you did what uh, the nuns told you to do, or you got smacked. And in high school, you did what the Christian brothers told you to do, or you got smacked. And then you spent maybe a really long time in detention. Well, those were Catholic schools. Uh, it's always been different in the public schools, and it's different there now, and it, it's really different in the public schools. Max Eden is an expert on education. He's with the Manhattan Institute. He joins us now. Max, thanks for being here. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. So what is it? Uh, I, I saw a piece uh, uh, about these from a, in New York. A state senator in New York had some complaints about how the um, the system has been working out. The one that was prop, uh, proposed by uh, President Obama. Uh, what what was it that uh, you didn't like about his take on this? Um, so the, the state senator actually had a pretty sensible take. Oh, he uh, did. In contrast, uh, in contrast to Bill De Blasio and Barack Obama, because okay. Obama and De Blasio they they look at this kind of racial disparity in school discipline. They see that black students are getting disciplined more than white students, uh, and they conclude from that that this is because teachers are racist and oh, teachers course, yeah. therefore can't be trusted. Uh, to exercise their discretion. So the key is to prevent them from punishing kids on the assumption they're being unfair to them. Uh, so if a kid curses at you, you can't suspend them. If a kid punches you, even, maybe you can't suspend them. Uh, and what the state senator said, who actually, you know, represents constituents in Queens, is our kids aren't safe anymore. <laughs> yeah. things, are, things are getting out of control. Teachers can't enforce order, and our kids are choosing the public school system. Yeah, I I just uh, it's funny because I, I just uh, talked to a friend of mine who taught in the city schools for here in Pittsburgh for a long time, um, and he was he was also a part of the discipline because he was um, in that situation you would be you would be a vice principal uh, for periods of time and then you and then you would be taken off of that but you would go through periods of, of um, time when you were the disciplinarian and you had to handle the the punishment, and he just mm-hmm. he just suspended kids, and that was just, that was it. He said, "Get out of here and be, come back in three days with your parents." But he told me about a situation where he came upon a student who was uh, getting physical with a, a, a female teacher, uh, not a sexual assault, but just kind of you know roughing her up. And uh, he said, "I I came up and I." I, he said, I threw him down the stairs. And he, uh, what I liked about it was he said, and uh, when I tell you I threw him down the stairs, he didn't touch any stairs. So <laughs> I, thought, I, always thought, I thought that was a pretty good description of the way things were back then. That's probably 30 years ago. But uh, I don't think – I don't remember him getting any uh, kind of discipline because if you put your hands on a teacher, you were expelled, not suspended, expelled. And now you stay in school if you, if you, you can punch a teacher and not be expelled? Or even suspended? Yeah, I mean, I've talked to, to school resource officers who said, you know, back in the day, if a kid put a hand on a teacher, I would, I would put cuffs on him. But these days, the kid can hit a teacher, and the teacher won't even come to me because the assistant principal, uh, you know, doesn't want it on his record. I mean, Pittsburgh's actually a place where we have uh, the best kind of data that we have on this. The most thorough study was done in Pittsburgh. Because oh, really? the fear behind this is is not only that, you know, suspensions are bad and we should reduce them, but we should replace them uh, with this thing called restorative justice, right? So the, the student punches the teacher instead of throwing him down the staircase or instead of suspending <laughs> him, sit him down. Why did you do that, Johnny? What's going on at home? How do you think they made her feel? Uh, and so in Pittsburgh, they implemented this policy in about half of schools, didn't implement it in about half of schools. Full district suspensions were lowered across the board. And in the schools that did this restorative justice stuff, the thing that's supposed to replace uh, traditional discipline, things actually got worse. Uh, black student achievement in particular fell substantially in the schools that got what's supposed to replace discipline. Uh, so the whole theory behind this is that it's better to just ask a student, oh, why did you do that, Johnny? What's making you do it? 
Pittsburgh's the place that tells us actually that that's even worse than just doing nothing. Yeah, and uh, you know, th- there was a time when you didn't ask why you did it because uh, nobody cared why you did it. You just knew not to do it. Uh, there was no. Uh, it doesn't matter if you if you ask somebody why you do something like that. Is there a good reason that he can give you? I mean, what's the point of asking? What? What? I had a bad day at home, so I punched the teacher. Um, so, well, is it? Yeah, I mean, this gets to a really like fundamental philosophical kind of revolution that's occurred uh, in public education, courtesy of the Obama administration and kind of all of the, the liberal education reform groups, right? I mean, the way that we kind of used to look at it is, is kids need to be tutored, they need to be taught, they need to learn self-control, and if they fall short, it's on them to step up. Now we look at every problem in society, most especially kids, and see it as a sign of some sort of deeper oppression or deeper inequity. Right. And so it's not just get with the program, you know what's right, do what's right. It's, oh, why did you do that? Whose fault is it really? It's not your fault. It must be somebody else's fault behind you. Um, yeah. And so there are people out there who think that the solution is more counseling or more counselors rather yeah. than... Um, that is, that is, that is, I mean... And, and you hear that all the time, and, and you know, to a point, it's not it's not total nonsense. I mean, there are kids for whom, uh, you know, misbehavior is a manifestation of something that's, like, really going wrong in the home. Yeah, right. But for a lot of kids, it's just mischief. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, they're testing their boundaries, and if the reaction they get is nothing bad's going to happen, I'm just going to be put through a kind of touchy-feely conversation, they'll keep doing it. Mm-hmm. And so we're, we're kind of taking this mental health paradigm that, should be applied to a small collection of students and applying it to the, the broad losses of the next generation. Yeah, uh, again, I'm old, but if if uh, if I or any of my friends um, got caught in school, um, I don't know, pushing a teacher or putting a hand on a teacher or doing something that required a suspension, then there would be serious problems at home. Uh, and, and, and that... Uh, points to something else, I think. The difference, it seems to me, is that, the, and I found this in personal experience from talking to teachers, uh, teachers I knew who actually taught me, and then 20 years later, I asked them about it, and they said, we used to be able to, um, you know, discipline a kid, and he said, now, if I discipline a kid, it's only a matter of time before uh, one or both parents show up and tell, ask me, what, what, what did I do wrong? Why, why am I mistreating their kid? So it's, it was almost the assumption is made that the teacher was wrong. When, when in yeah, the past, it was the exact opposite. Yeah, and this has been, you know, this hasn't happened by accident. This has actually been something that was pushed by the Obama administration. When they investigated school districts based on, you know, discipline numbers, not on whether or not they were doing anything discriminatory, they would actually make districts train parents to file grievances against the school uh, if their kid was disciplined. So you actually have the federal government swooping into school districts to train parents to second-guess teachers. And this kind of goes to this paradigm that, you know, everything that's wrong with a kid is society's problem and not having anything to do with the family, with the home, with the student itself. You know, I mentioned I went to a Catholic school, and I know that the Catholic schools don't have the discipline that they used to have. Uh, for one reason, they don't have as many religious teachers. There, that's mostly uh, lay teachers at, at the Catholic schools. But um, it, 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 it seems like a pretty basic thing that that you you trust the teacher first and don't believe your kid when he says I was wronged. You know, that I was framed. It's just a typical thing for a kid, not just in high school, but all the way back. Yeah, I mean that's that's kind of the way that civilization is supposed to work, right? Right. We, we come together. We have values. We have schools. Schools enforce those values. We enforce those values. But uh, you know, as kind of the left has come to see all problems as a sign of institutional racism and oppression, uh, and kind of put individual autonomy above everything and the assumption of innocence uh, of all alleged you know victims, then it just Invert, it totally inverts that. It is everything that my child does wrong is your fault. Everything that I do wrong is somebody else's fault. And I mean, I had a, a principal once say to me that 10 years ago, I suspended a student. He'd come back in a few days. Maybe he'd feel better. Maybe he'd behave worse. This depended. But now I, I suspended a student I had a great relationship with. First thing he says to me is, Mr. Stewart, are you trying to send me to jail? No. Oh. Because this is kind of got wrapped up in the, the rhetoric around mass incarceration, right? Right. You see that, you know, 
last year's business spend it more frequently. Uh, African Americans are, you know, go to jail more frequently. Therefore, it must be because they're being oppressed in schools. And so, if we can only fix that uh, in schools, we can fix it later. And it, it gets kind of wrapped into this whole narrative of oppression, and then goes uh, kind, of, kind of bonkers. All all kind of common sense of respecting rules and order. Uh, goes out the window once you have the narrative that everything is somebody else's fault and stop oppressing kids. We're talking to Max Eaton of the Manhattan Institute. Uh, so th- there was the Dear Colleague letter that was sent out by uh, President Obama, uh, as what I gather here, and then uh, Donald Trump uh, recalled the letter, and he said he wants the more more uh, decisions, more power based uh, in the local uh, school districts. And so what did your study show changed when, when all those things happened? Um, so basically every everywhere, I've been spending the last few years trying to find every shred of evidence I can find on, on what happened in these school districts that uh, were pressured by the Obama administration to change their policies. And everywhere I can find evidence, the evidence looks bad. I, I mentioned Pittsburgh earlier. Uh, in California, an academic looked at four districts and found massive math losses on the order of, you know, putting a kid who's in the middle of the class down to the 30th percentile. In Philadelphia, reading and math dropped precipitously. Truancy skyrocketed by 16%, even as they banned suspensions for, for low-level offenses, such as for high-level offenses, increased, probably because the low-level stuff wasn't being policed. And in every district I've found where they asked students simple questions on surveys, like, do you feel safe? Do you feel respected? Uh, fewer students that, you know, half of the schools in every district I've looked at say they feel safe, say they feel respected. So uh, across the board, it's been a disaster. The Trump administration looked at it, looked at kind of where it came from, because uh, it was looked at as part of the School Safety Commission in the wake of the Parkland massacre because of the role that these policies played in there. And Trump said, no, I'm not going to force you to adopt destructive policies anymore. <laughs> you know, if you want to keep going this way, I'm not going to stop you because that's not what I think about the federal role, but I'm not going to keep for- pushing something destructive on school districts. Yeah, and um, it seems the, 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 the basic thing here to me seems to be that do you want to um, cater to the kids who are there, whatever number or percentage that is, who actually would like to learn something or whose parents expect them to be uh, – being uh, to expect them to be learning something, or do you cater to the people who are causing all the trouble and 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 then making it impossible for the, the kids who want to get an education to get one? Uh, it doesn't seem like it's that much more complicated than that. No, and uh, and and as part of kind of the you know the guide toward framing everything in terms of in terms of victim mentality, we only look at the victim as being the troublemaker. You know, we don't look at a victim as being a kid who wants to learn, but can't because there's another kid who's, who's blown spit lodge in his hair or throwing paper across the room or just cussing up a storm next to him. Uh, we basically forget about all those kids. There's outside of a, a handful of studies into what's happened when these reforms took place, there was there was almost no effort to be made beforehand to say, oh, well, like, what good does it do to discipline a kid who seems to be having for the other kids? That side of the equation has been completely left out of the picture. And, and uh, what to what degree did you find racial disparities in suspensions and discipline in general, if, if there was any? I mean, there are there are disparities, and the disparities are striking, and kind of why you know why the Obama administration did this um, because nationally you see African Americans about three to one uh, the rate of white students, white students also discipline about three to one the rate of Asian students. So the question is, why is this happening? Yeah. And uh, academics kind of drilled down into this further and further to try to figure out, well, are, are black students being suspended more frequently and severely for the same infractions? And earlier studies suggested yes. Later suggest, studies suggested no. Once you control for student background, school characteristics, past student behavior, you don't find much of a difference. It doesn't go completely to zero, but it certainly doesn't explain the disparity, maybe a few percent of it. Yeah, um, and so you know you can't say bias doesn't exist. And of course, it, it does exist, and it doesn't matter. But it, when you're looking at a three to one disparity, it has <laughs> it has no relationship to that. It, it, it accounts for at most a small fraction of it. But by assuming that it's the sole thing that's responsible, we've 
basically tied teachers' hands, said, we don't trust you to use your judgment because uh, we think this is all your fault, and we prevented them from doing things that were right. And I have about less than a minute. Uh, we're talking to Max Eden of the Manhattan Institute. So what's the what's the uh, solution, or how do you fix it, or what's the best uh, way to approach this, Max? I mean, the best way is just to not second-guess teachers. Um, you know, this, this notion that you can look at a spreadsheet from a long ways away uh, and, and see that there's social injustice and assume that you have the solution to it because there's this one idea that you like, uh, and try to push it on people, that doesn't work. Nobody knows better what a student needs, what a classroom needs, than a teacher. And, uh, you know, the solution isn't to go back to an era of zero tolerance where we try to, you know, force teachers to punish like this every time a student does that. The solution is just to take this pressure off of teachers, uh, let, you know, assistant principals focus on creating safe and healthy classroom environments and not focus on creating the kind of numbers that they think their bosses in the central office want to see. It's and, simply, you know, giving teachers the flexibility and power to, to do what they think's right. And how about getting the federal government out of it? That would be a that might be a good start, wouldn't it? Yeah, the Trump administration has taken a strong step towards doing that. There's yep. there's more work to be done yet. I, I would like to see you know a more aggressive rollback in other ways, but. But certainly one of the biggest battles was won when, when Trump was sent to your college there. Hey, Max, I appreciate it. I'm out of time. Thanks for being here. Yeah, thanks so much. Okay, that's Max Eden of the uh, Manhattan Institute. We'll be right back. Employers, are you tired of paying outrageous premiums for health insurance? How about a plan that allows you to go to any hospital in the country? A plan that pays you back every year? This is John Steigerwald from Marley Financial. Whether you want a top-of-the-line plan or just enough to keep you legal, Marley Financial has a custom-made plan for you. As a business owner, you owe it to yourself to stay ahead of the ever-changing marketplace. Marley has been on the cutting edge of new and improved health plans for both individuals and businesses. And only Marley Financial offers health plans that actually pay you back. Call 724-884-1496 for unbiased, top-notch plans from any carrier in Pennsylvania. Plans that'll save you money and give you an edge over the competition. They even offer custom business solutions to reduce your liability and overhead as you grow. They're truly one of the most innovative agencies in the nation. Call Marley now, 724-884-1496, 724-884-1496, or visit marleyfg.com. Are you about to pay double for new windows, siding, or doors? If you haven't called Windows R Us, you just might. Many companies are overcharging area homes and businesses nearly double. With over 50 years in home remodeling, Windows R Us is more than a window company. They're the area's premier exterior replacement company for roofs, gutters, siding doors, and, of course, windows. Windows R Us will never overcharge. You'll love their no-pressure approach, straightforward pricing, and the fastest turnaround in the business. Right now, get zero interest for 12 months and up to $20,000 on new vinyl, fiberglass, or wood windows. With options like triple-pane glass and names like Pella, no hidden fees or surprises ever. Your no-loophole lifetime warranty covers everything, including glass breakage, at no additional cost. Mention AM1250 with your free estimate for an exclusive 10% off. Why pay double? Visit the area's premier exterior replacement company, WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. What's inside your mattress affects its price, comfort, and durability. But most mattress manufacturers won't show you what's inside their products because they simply don't want you to know. How can you know if you're getting the best value if you don't know how your mattress is made? At the Original Mattress Factory, we believe that transparency is what's best for our customers. So we have open displays of each model in our showroom so you can see and feel the difference in our products. Visit one of our local Original Mattress Factory stores to see exactly what we're made of. Not so long ago, all mattresses had two sides, and for good reason. You can flip two-sided mattresses regularly, making them last longer than one-sided mattresses. So, what happened to two-sided mattresses? In an effort to cut costs, most mattress manufacturers cut their mattresses in half. For nearly three decades, the original mattress factory has believed that building high-quality two-sided mattresses is the right thing to do. Visit us in one of our stores or at OriginalMattress.com to see how our products are built right and built to last. Many people today think the Bible, the most influential book in world history, is not only outdated, but also irrelevant, irrational, and even immoral. Dennis Prager here. I've written a book, The Rational Bible, Genesis. 
to prove otherwise. My new book demonstrates clearly and powerfully that the Bible remains profoundly relevant both for the great issues of our day and in each of our lives. The Rational Bible Genesis comes out this May, and I want to invite you to join me for an exclusive pre-launch event for my book on May 6th in Orlando, Florida. That will be the first day it will be available to the public. Get your tickets today. Be part of a full-day celebration with me and our partners at TBN. Come and be part of the studio audience for the taping and live broadcast of my radio show. After the broadcast, I'll discuss my new book, answer your questions, and you'll get a signed copy of The Rational Bible Genesis. Join me in Orlando on May 6th. Get your tickets today when you visit my website, DennisPrager.com, and click on the Rational Bible banner. See you in Orlando. This is the John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250, The Answer. Finishing up a, a good week here, another good week of producing by Aaron Burns. She got some good uh, sound for us and uh, did her usual good job. And uh, also, um, <clears throat> we uh, had some fun. And I, I, I just want to mention it, and I, we're just about out of time, but uh, we ended our first break with uh, the rendition of the Star Spangled Banner. Just in case you didn't know, that was um, uh, Whitney Houston. <laughs> I almost forgot her name. It was the greatest rendition ever of the national anthem from 1991 during the uh, first Gulf War. But um, I only have about less than a minute left. I just want to say when we talked about school discipline, um, I think about uh, how much I was helped by the discipline in schools because I was a terrible student. And the nuns were tough on me. They didn't smack me around because I was too small. Neither did the brothers at uh, South Hills Catholic, the Christian brothers. Uh, but uh, I was stuffed in a wastebasket, uh, locked in a closet. Uh, he would just, Brother Henry would just come down, come over and grab me and pick me up and stuff my butt in the wastebasket. And I would have to sit in there for the whole class in the front of the room. And you know what I did? I What I didn't do, I didn't go home and tell my dad that the Brother Henry stuck me in the wastebasket. First thing I did was laugh. Everybody in the class laughed at me, and we laughed about it the rest of the day. Uh, now I guess if Brother Henry stuffs you in the wastebasket, you go home crying to your dad. But back then, that's not what you did. So that I think that might be the biggest difference is the, is the parents uh, supporting the teachers a little bit more. But thanks for listening this week. I'll see you on Monday. Bye. The John Steigerwall Show is a production of AM 1250, The Answer, and Salem Media Group. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.